0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2022 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we're continuing our Dead Center coverage with a look at one of this year's most highly anticipated films at the festival, Chicken House. So today we're going to start with a quick word about the film before going further into what makes Chicken House a really standout film at this year's festival, and then we'll close out the conversation by talking a little bit more about how you can watch the movie at this year's film festival.
1: Rule number one, pay your rent on time. None issue. Next, rule number two no hard drugs. Wait, we
0: should probably um,
2: classify what's considered hard drugs.
1: Um, well, no hard drugs. It all started when Willie decided to move to LA. The sublet girl from Facebook seems really interesting. Yeah. This is Kat, the girl taking over Willie's rooms.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Please, Jesus, let her be my friend. So you lived in a house full of actors? Yeah, it was sort of like a brothel
2: are you a virgin? I have had
1: sex with a girl once. So what do you guys think? Like 50 red flags, right? Oh my god, no. She just needs a little transition. You really do have daddy issues. Do you know how it feels to be manipulated by someone you trusted?
2: Hey, can I paint you? Um,
1: me? Why did
2: you come to Oklahoma? If you want to join them, you gotta blend in. She's insane. Well, the only thing that separates the graphic from the is that one can hold it together better in public.
0: According to the Dead Center website, Chicken House can be described as a subversive comedy about three small town actresses taking in a new mysterious roommate from LA. Ooh, it's a mystery. We can't talk about this film alone. I'm so excited to welcome two very special guests. Uh first up, we have the the film's writer, director, and star, Kate Jones. Kate, welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic.
2: Hi. Uh, thanks for having
0: me. <laughs> Always good to to touch base with you at Dead Center every year. Yeah. Also super excited to welcome back uh, another guest that we had featured on the show last year, uh who is also the producer and a co-star in Chicken House, Cassie Gan. Cassie, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Wonderful. And um We have so much to cover, but before we do, I just wanted to quickly note, uh, listeners, if you enjoyed the conversation we were having today, um, especially as it pertains to local film, uh, please make sure to support the show by subscribing and leaving us a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. This is going to be especially important for those of you who are actually keeping up with all the Dead Center coverage we're doing this year. If you want to have these sent straight to uh, your podcast app, subscribing is the quickest way to do it. We've got new um, interviews coming out at least one, uh, sometimes two a day, uh, so make sure to check us out there on your podcast app all right so let's let's talk a little more in depth about chicken house though shall we kate i actually want to start with you i mean this is uh the second film you're helming as the director the first being 2020's she's the eldest i'm just kind of curious i mean how did you go about finding your story uh for your second feature
2: um so for this one i was actually um living in atlanta at the time with in a house full of actresses um we somehow found like this creepy old house uh out in the middle of the trees and um lived together and I was coming up on shooting she's the eldest and I was kind of like racking my b- mind going crazy like during spring break and I um just you know was losing it as far as like creatively or whatever and I um decided like hey I'm in a house full of actresses let me just like write something for all of us to just dick around and, uh, you know, play together or whatever. And then I wrote it in like three days and we started shooting it on a little handheld camera. And then suddenly everybody got busy. A roommate moved away. Another person moved into the house and she ended up being insane. And um, then I ended up hightailing it out of there uh, to finish up She's the Eldest. So it was kind of like a practice run before shooting She's the Eldest that ended up, I just decided to pull it back out and actually complete it, um, you know, with, you know, money and and real actors and what, or not real actors, but, you know, uh, real crew and stuff or whatever, instead of me just running around with a camera. <laughs>
0: So, so should I expect on um, the 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 you know theoretical bonus content for this movie there to be the original version of the film that you shot on the handheld?
2: Possibly. I mean, I might put some scenes so you can see just how janky it was when I first went to go do it. But it's still kind of fun to look at because you know, just this old weird house and how stupid we were just doing it with no money (laughs) it was very fun yeah
0: it takes you way back to probably the first one of those early days when you pick up a camera as a kid and you're like uh hey you guys want to like make a movie just on the fly
2: yeah yeah they were super game but it was it was honestly like really interesting watching who actually came out of their shell when you are goofing off and like who took themselves too seriously because they're all actors or whatever. Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I think you're sitting on some potential gold there for some... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> quote, unquote, bonus content. Well, Cassia, hey, I want to turn it to you uh, here. I mean, because uh, I mean, between *Killers The Flower Moon last year when we spoke with you, you were, um, you know, working on a film there. I mean, uh, you've got you had Mickey Reese's Agnes that you were also working on at the time uh, come dead center last year. And then you've got another Mickey Reese picture, the upcoming Country Gold. I mean, you've really been uh, making your way through some of Oklahoma's highest profile productions. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about like what drew you to collaborate with Kate on Chicken House
1: uh well it's funny I would I've always heard about Kate um through a lot of different people and I was like who is this Kate chick like I need to meet her and um I got introduced to her by another filmmaker and then uh we finally met up and it it was weird it was like an instant we kind of like clicked and then she was like okay so yeah like we're just gonna do this and this and and I was like are you are, are you asking me to produce and she goes oh oh, yeah, let me send you the script. And so um, <laughs> I I read the script, and it kind of just spoke for itself. Like, I read it, and it was an automatic yes. I mean, there was no other answer for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's just a great person. And uh, we kind of have the same
2: brain. We're both a little crazy. So <laughs> it works out. <laughs> I feel like a lot of it is like, With her and Mickey and with her and me, it's just the natural thing to do for her to be producing our stuff, you know, like for for whatever the script is, just because she just vibes with us and gets it. And then she also just gets stuff done.
1: Yeah, I I like working with the crazies. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you guys just kind of hit it off and uh i like that you're sharing the same brain you know it's uh it's not every day you find that sort of chemistry right i mean you have people you like working with but then you put it there's someone it sounds like you guys just kind of clicked immediately
2: yeah it was a freak of nature <laughs> meeting like people kept telling me that like you you should meet cassie you should meet cassie and then when i did it was just like we just did not shut up for the next few hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we haven't, bo- we haven't stopped bothering each other ever since. So.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's such a cool story. Uh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Kate, I did have a chance to see the film. And one thing that really struck me uh, about it is how well you balance, uh, you know, the, the comedic and the dramatic tones. Because there's some moments when approaching a, a story with like sort of these sort of ups and downs. I mean, how did you go about ensuring that the comedy fits the vibe that you wanted to share with your audience in the scene?
2: Well, in all honesty, the first draft of the script was all comedy, and I actually ended up going back in and adding the drama, so it really was kind of just this slapstick thing, but as far as, like, things being funny, you know, when we did reads and stuff, or we got there on set, I'd realized, like, jokes weren't working or whatever, and then... You kind of just see what the actor brings to it, or if they decide to say it a different way or whatever um and you know it helps that I had like two improvers or not I mean I guess Alex Sanchez is an improver; he's a stand up comedian, but Mickey might as well be a stand up comedian, and then Jesse Kyle's just this great um improv girl, and then Cassie's just this natural who's also already hilarious um and you know everybody that we brought on is basically just a funny person so they all brought their own thing and and also changed the material you know i kind of tried to empower everybody to make stuff their own you know within a certain like limitation of like let's you know still stick to the story but also for me it's like don't write the jokes like write situational comedy i'm not jerry seinfeld but his is also situational comedy for the most part. And and I think if you try to write in the jokes, it's just not going to be funny. It's it's usually just bad. So, But if you put people in ridiculous situations and they can play it enough to where they're not winking at the audience like they're in on the joke, you know, never let the actor be in on the joke. They have to play it as though it's like a true thing happening. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's what worked out for me in my... <laughs> But most of the stuff that I laugh at is stuff, nuanced stuff that they added themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I, I like that you're you're sort of kind of like you said, uh, situational comedy, creating a, a sandbox to play in. So obviously, I mean, you have a really strong rapport with everyone you had on camera, right? I mean, you guys, again, similarly a tight-knit group, is that it?
2: Some of them I didn't know quite as well, you know, like Peter and Ashley I've met, but I haven't, like, hadn't sat down with a whole lot and Kayleen. I mean there there were a few that I was already super tight with and then some of them I had brought in but I did, you know, try to make a point of it to sit down with everybody at some point ahead of time. And we had like a little bit of rehearsal time, but really not much at all because people's schedules were so busy and like Kayleen had a play and Stuff So it was it was really a haphazard rehearsal process that we tried to do. But I I really wanted to make sure people understood their characters and stuff um, and like the kind of people they were. And and there was a lot of it, you know, I felt like they could pull from the script. You know, there's narration bits that describe a lot of the characters or whatever. But um, and even next time. I feel like I'm going to have really intensive conversations with people about their characters. Cause it seemed to benefit it a lot for them. Not only that, but for people to feel like they had a lot of freedom and that they shouldn't be feel terrified. Cause every t- time I work on stuff locally or even at, in Atlanta, you're rushed to your trailer or whatever you're rushed through hair and makeup, you're rushed through all these things. You almost maybe don't even talk to the director. I, I was on a show on like HBO or something that I don't, I, I read the writer. I didn't meet the director. Um, you know, like someone was just barking at me to move my hand a little to the right from across the room. Uh, but so it's always feels rushed. So you feel like you need to say the words really fast and get it over with. And I just wanted them to feel like they could breathe and take a second and get comfortable before they started talking. So everybody, you know, there's not so much panic on getting things right or whatever. It, was a, it was a new process that I was sort of trying to make it feel like a family atmosphere so people could feel they could trust me with what they're doing.
0: Yeah, certainly relieve a lot of the pressure and adding to that uh, improv flavor that you were describing a second ago. Um, I mean, Cassie, I want to turn to you here. I mean, you've Done tons of work, but behind the scenes, I mean, how did you approach being uh, in front of the camera? Uh, you know, playing a prominent supporting character like April.
1: When I got the script, I kept reading it, and I was like, weirded out because the character April, she has red hair, and in like in the script, I read she has red hair, and I was like, oh yeah, I've got red hair too, cool. And then as I'm reading it, it's like Kate stalked me for you know three years and wrote that character because there were a lot of things in her backstory that really resonated with me. And, um, one day I was just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to put myself out there and be like, well, you know, if you, if you need somebody to read for April, I'd be more than happy to do, do it for you. And, you know, budget's always a thing too. So I was just like, well, like might as well try and, um, did it. And, I guess it ended up working out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it was just it was easy for me, but not at the same time. Like once you get into it, you're trying to not bring a lot of yourself into it. Um, but um I felt like I I was April for a while. Um, I mean, it it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I kind of was just myself but with a little flavor. <laughs>
2: I'll piggyback on that. So I had obviously written all these based on my real roommates and they're all actors. So when we, I was like, Hey guys, I'm gonna, you know, crap on this thing and and shoot it again. Um, but I'm going to do it in Oklahoma. And it just worked out that nobody could do it. Like the April character, um, she was on like better call Saul or something. And she couldn't leave, you know, New Mexico or whatever. Like she could everybody ended up not being able to be their characters and I was like okay this is just like a fresh new start kind of thing and so I was like uh she asked me if she could read and I was like I don't know you know I I I was just nervous because she hadn't acted before and I I also didn't want to complicate her job as the producer because she already had 50 million fucking things to do uh but i was like yeah just read it whatever and in my head i was like no that's probably not going to work out but whatever like but you know she's also smart enough of a person that i was like maybe she can do it like you know I, I i wasn't leaning any kind of way and then when she read it i was like what the fuck it is like i wrote it for you you know to me it was just so bizarre how she played the character You know, even the person I I wrote it as them, she read it more like it was a real person than the real person. You know what I mean? So it just was another one of those freak kismet things that keep happening with me and Cassie, I guess.
0: (laughs) Just uh, fate, you could say.
2: Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of fate on this project. I don't know if you can tell.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, Cassia. I I mean, I want to turn back to you on this, too. I mean, um, what was it like working with Kate as a a director, as an actor versus a producer? Oh,
1: Kate, I love you, girl. But I prefer her as a director more than a producer, for sure. I mean, like if I'm an actor, because she just I mean, yeah, we were we're friends before and we're still friends now. But like actually during filming like that was kind of like out the window for a second and we were just working. And um there were some scenes that were really heavy for me. I mean, I had to really like I mean, I'm not a trained actor. I've never really done that before. So, I um put a lot of trust into her and she didn't have like a whole lot of time with me, but um we kind of just like read each other's minds and she would get me in a place where um like I didn't I didn't necessarily want to be, but it really worked for certain scenes um She's just very, very good at getting you to the place that you need to be at the right time for certain scenes. And not only with me, but like with other people too. I mean, she's just killer at being like, this is what I want and this is what you should do. They work really well off of that. So
0: awesome. And Kate, I mean, just uh, to kind of follow up on that, um, I mean, you have a tremendous amount of experience as an actress. I mean, how do you like what? What part of like that that sort of background in filmmaking do you bring to directing, do you think?
2: Like I'm still learning, obviously, in in all things like for acting and directing, you know, everything is still pretty new to me, but it's but I'm I'm taking criticisms and the failures and stuff and I'm not forgetting them or brushing them off or blaming other people for them. I'm taking all of them in you know what I mean and being like all right so next time this didn't work this didn't work let's whatever um so like I know what I want as an actor and that's like you know you're rushing around help me remember where I'm where I'm coming from where I'm supposed to be going um you know and and now having written and directed, I can see where the arc of the story is whereas like when you're an actor only some of that is is kind of like you're blind to especially when you only get pieces of a script or whatever um, but I just I'm I learned so much on Chicken house as far as like trying to help people know who their characters are before you get there. And the most work you can do as a director for your actor is, is talk to them as much as possible, answer any questions before you get there. Don't try to do it on the set because that's the worst time ever. And there's too many things happening and you know, and they might need reminders, but if you can have a conversation so that you can give them like a one word, three word reminder of whatever the thing, the conversation that you had and they can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, having, helping them know like who their character is and also how much leeway they have ahead of time. You know, like I had a big old sit down with Alex and Peter being like, hey, come up with your own sticks. If you're a toothpick guy, if you're a gum chewing guy, if you got a peg leg, you can have a limp. If you want to wear these kind of sneakers, like I want you guys to decide specifically who this person is, maybe try to think of a person. Like I was really kind of like, doing too many acting classes for them, maybe, you know, but like, it's really just trying to get somebody's imagination working. That's all it really is. Like, all right, guys, like we're here today. Remember what we did a second ago and remember it's because of this. And you feel like this about her or whatever. There's just like a lot of, I know how to speak all the lingos, especially for the different types, like someone that hasn't been trained at all, or someone who has this certain training, like, oh, they've done Meisner or whatever, I'll be like, all right, it's like this. And having that background to me is so helpful because I can have some compassion and empathy for whatever plight they're in. And I feel like I can read them better that way. You know what I mean? Like if someone looks a certain way, I'm like, oh, they're just terrified because there's too many people in this room. All right. Hey, can we send everybody out and let them run through it twice with just me, so they can get all the words out of their mouth? Because you know, sometimes you get mush mouth if you haven't said it out loud yet a couple of times or whatever. Um, just you know, having all that experience really adds. And if if anybody directs a movie and they haven't taken an acting class or at least listened to some actors do interviews or talk about acting, then you'll probably direct some pretty crappy performances unless you hire actors that want complete autonomy and and even in that sense you might be too terrified to try and communicate them if they're completely wrong you know so i just highly recommend even reading a book on acting and and all that don't yeah i don't know i i met somebody once who was a director who was working with me and he's telling me about uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick and how he thought it was really cool uh, the manipulation he was doing on Shelley Duvall in The Shining. And I I mean, he's a master, but I think there's a lot of things you can talk to somebody about without actually making them uh, break in their minds. Uh, You know, I I just don't think that all that's necessary. He probably would have ended up with the same result or whatever, you know. Um, But, you know, so that director that I, that talked to me about that, how cool he thought that was, was doing this sort of that tactic with another actress on the set, not me, but it wasn't working and we didn't finish the thing because he just alienated her and made her fuck up all the time because she was just, you know, terrified and and humiliated and it was just like this guy is such a fucking hack (laughs) you know i i just yeah
0: get some experience
2: (laughs) sorry that was a long-winded way about going about that
0: Have honest conversations with your actors what
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i honest with them with that and just give them respect automatically don't you don't have to disrespect them without giving them the benefit of the doubt you know some people just Assume someone can't do something or they're incapable or they're afraid to tell them, Hey, that's not really what I'm thinking. I'm thinking more of this. Like, if you can try to find a way to communicate it with love or respect, I think like you're gonna be fine. But if you try to communicate it out of your own insecurities or their insecurities, then you're screwed.
1: <laughs> it was also really cool to see. When we have a lot of scenes where all of us are in uh, like the same room together and uh, when the camera would be on April, for instance, Kate or Kat, I should say, is on the opposite side and she's directing slash acting at the same exact time. And so I would be kind of making her eyeline and she's just kind of making all these faces at me to try to get that reaction out of me. And it was like an interesting thing. She was like kind of acting with me off camera, but also directing me because she knows, like, she was in my brain again. We have this weird thing, and so she could basically get into my head and tell me to move my face. And um, it was it was just really interesting to see her act and direct at the same time because uh, she she could turn it off pretty quick and then turn it back on. So it was it was really really fun. Let me show you,
2: like, a for instance. So. I I would be, like, talking to her character, and I'd be like, uh, yeah, so I think this is all going to be great, and you don't think so at all, and you are really questioning me, and you don't really like the kind of face that I have right now, or whatever, and I would just, like, start feeding her things to be thinking that are opposite of what my lines are saying, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's basically how it went a lot. It was really easy, actually, as far as, like, Direct getting the performances while directing and acting. It was more like the camera and lights aren't <laughs> enjoying that I'm directing and acting, but the actors are doing fine with it.
0: That's great, That's hilarious, <laughs> um, really clever too. Well, uh, we are gonna start winding down here in a minute, but uh one question I I just had to ask. Um, you know, of course, the, this we're in 2022, the film sitting in 2022, uh, Dead Center Film Festival, which means you probably you made this film during the pandemic. I mean, out of curiosity. Did the pandemic in any way impact the the production? And if so, how?
2: Um, I mean, it had a more like heightened, uh, feeling about it as far as like, when we got everyone tested ahead of time, we, everyone, you know, we made sure everyone was, um vaccinated which there was like a lot of discussion about like sh- are we legally allowed to ask them if <laughs> they're like um how do we go about uh making this all okay but it, but it was a lot of like all right well we were shooting in one house so there wasn't going to be any strange interactions you know in a parking lot or at a gas station or whatever um so we all kind of just basically quarantine isolated together filming it um so it and at one point I got sick and then everybody was scrambling and, you know, trying to shield it and go get tests and like, do we call it? Okay. Let's get this COVID test. Da, da, da. Um, but it turned out it was, uh, salmonella. So,
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. But we, we never had more than like 10 to 11 people in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we I'm, were very.
0: Tiny, tiny. So, so super. Yeah. And, and because most of you guys knew each other well enough, it wasn't like, you know, a, a huge set or lots of people you didn't trust as much on set. Um, that's yeah. great. That's great news. Um, and uh, again, one of the benefits of a small production, um, I, would, I yeah. would add. I just want to get uh, one last take uh, from you guys. Cassie, I'll start with you on this. I mean, from what your perspective, what would you say makes Chicken House really stand out from other films that you've worked on in the past?
1: Chicken House just – it was just such a fun thing to do. I mean, it was a very – like, we had so much – well, we had so many women on board, too. So it was like we were – it just felt like we were all forced to live together, which like how she was touching on with kind of quarantining together. We were all kind of forced to live with each other. I mean, we woke up and would see each other – I mean we would go to bed and then wake up 4 hours later and see each other. Um it was just such a special project to be on because I don't know maybe because it was my second thing to produce in its entirety and also act in it and we did like a lot of blood, sweat and tears. I mean we were moving fast, fast, fast. And um I don't I don't know what it w- was about it. I think that it was just we came in not knowing each other very well and we left a family. Uh, we hang out all the time now. And um, it's just a very special movie. I mean, when we watched the first draft of it and we only had like 15 minutes of it, I like called Kate and I was just like, we have something special here. Like, We have something so special. She's like, Cassie, there's only 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we, I, I don't know. Chicken House is just, I've been, we've been working on this thing for what, Kate, a year and a half now, I feel like. um And it's just been nothing but a joy. I mean, uh, we are just so excited to finally share it with our loved ones for sure.
0: Awesome. Kate, what about you? What, what makes it a, a, a unique film for you?
2: Obviously, it was something I'm more involved in than a lot of other projects. But to me, it was like, the material, um, you know, like just felt better than a lot of stuff. Um, and it just felt like a lot, a lot of people, everyone on set felt like they were doing something special. Like it was like something relatable, something they hadn't seen before, you know, something new, it was something different. And, you know, since I wrote it and it just came to me, I I literally like, uh, was in a weird place. And I I had read something like somebody was like, just get down on your knees and pray to the muse and ask for something or whatever. And I was like, I, so I got down on my knees and I was like, dear muse, I have three days of this spring break. Will you please give me a script to, uh, you know, make with my roommates or whatever. And I wrote it in three days, like just sitting at my computer, just like, (laughs) like just cackling or whatever and and there were just so many like kismet moments of like stuff falling into place where it was just like this thing's going and it's happening and you know or we just kept getting lucky or you know things just kept being right or whatever um that it was just like a lucky film you know what I mean so yeah it was just special (laughs)
0: <laughs> everything kind of fell into place. Um, it sounds like you guys really created a really strong sense of chemistry and family on the set. So I'm um, excited for people to have the chance to see it real quick uh, listeners. Um, you know, if you are enjoying this conversation, you're saying, Hey, I've got to check out chicken house. There's a few different times. You can see the film. It's playing Saturday, June 11th at two 10 PM at Harkins Bricktown uh, as is the world premiere. And then on Sunday, June 12th, there's an encore screening at seven 30 PM at rodeo theater. And uh, then um, starting June 13th through the June 20th, it'll be available to stream through the Dead Center Virtual uh, Film Festival. Uh, So again, a lot of different ways to check it out. I I highly recommend you add this. Cassie or Kate, is there anything else you'd like to add about Chicken House before we close out?
2: Go watch it and have an open mind. It'll definitely be different than the 98% of the movies at least you go watch this year. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I would say like if you wanna, you know, step away and have uh like weird feelings <laughs> and uh laugh and maybe cry, um, mostly laugh and then also kind of freaked out kind of vibe. Yeah. Should,
2: or even have a spiritual experience. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. All of the above. This movie is weird, so you should probably. You should probably <laughs> so
0: if you're looking for something different, that's for sure. I'll, I'll put it <laughs> Cassie and Kate. Thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. Is there anywhere people can keep up with either your work or the film on social media? Uh, Cassie, I'll start with you.
1: This is a big step for me, but I just took my Instagram off of private, so um, you can. Find some updates on my Instagram at Cassie Gann, or you can go to our chicken house movie Instagram. And we also have uh, Facebook called chicken
2: house. She's Cassie Gan with a K and two N's by the way. Um, and then I'm Kate Jones human with a C. Um, and then again, it's chicken house movie on
0: Instagram and Facebook awesome uh well hey guys uh thanks so much for joining us today Thanks. Thanks. and uh listeners uh again to watch chicken house along with the incredible lineup of other films we have at this year's dead center you can head to deadcenterfilm.org where you can buy your pass today also i encourage you to check out the benefits of uh this year's new bison pass lots of perks there thanks so much everyone for joining us and we'll catch you again next time with more dead center 2022 coverage